It's easy to get lost. This is The Revenue Maze, and I'm Valerie Cobb. Join me as we navigate the halls, dead ends, and U-turns on our path towards upward growth trajectory. The Revenue Maze is sponsored by Lodestar URY, guidance and execution through fractional revenue leadership, uncovering hidden revenue streams, and empowering small business growth through process-driven sales. Welcome, everybody. It's so nice to have you back listening to The Revenue Maze. And I have an exciting guest today, and I'm super excited about him. He's an innovative thought leader and understands how to cultivate an award-winning corporate culture, which is a big hot topic right now. Um, And he's passionate about growing leaders, which I'm excited to learn a thing or two as well on this. And he's president CEO at American Southwest Credit Union, Jay Williamson. Welcome, Jay. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Oh, I am so glad you're here today. It's it's been fun, really, to get to know you and everything. But we're going to get to know a little bit more about you. But first, we always have to start the show coming out swinging with what is one. Thing that the listeners can do to help themselves get out of the revenue maze. Don't forget to feed your cash cow. Okay. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, that is very broad. Don't feed your cash cow. So why don't we elaborate and get a little deeper on that subject? Yeah, I, I'll just give an example of what we've been going through. Uh, so we've grown about 30% over the last two years and, uh, a rule is I came here new to this credit union just a year ago. So I was looking at all of our people and all of our process and our products. Um, and when I was looking at our lending side of it, I looked at those and I felt like we had all of those right things, but we weren't growing at the pace that we needed to. So then you start d- digging into the data. Well, why? I mean, what, what's wrong here? If you've got the right people, the right product, the right processes, uh, it kind of gets boiled down to you're not using technology right or you're not devoting enough resources to it. We weren't feeding our cash cow. So we st- the loan department had stayed the same, even though we had, uh, you know, another 30, 40 percent more members and customers uh, for, for demand. So we increased that by another person and that person in our loan volume picked up by another million dollars. We did it again. We're up another two million dollars. So we weren't feeding our cash cow to give, her, give us more milk. Uh, and, that, and that gets really easy to do whenever you're in the day-to-day business and you're just taking care of things and things are flowing along well. Uh, you just forget that you haven't, you're not devoting enough resources and you're leaving dollars on the table. So you got to feed your cash cow. You know, that's an interesting subject because I, I would think that some, you know, one of the biggest problems with that is even understanding which is your cash cow. Right. You mentioned the loan department, but how did you find out that that was what they were missing that opportunity? And some of the listeners, they're pretty guarded on, well, I have to hire somebody that's money going out the door. So how do they how did you create that blend? How did you do that? It is. I mean, and that's that that is one of the things that we get to because you, you as a as a CEO or as a business owners, you get busy in the day-to-day and you don't necessarily want to. As a matter of fact, the, when we had a person leave in that department, I went back and asked the staff and said, hey, you know, if I pay all of you more money, can we do the same amount of production? And they're like, no, no, we, we're, our plates are full. So I really started looking at, okay, if our plates are full, what's our wait times? 
how fast are we doing processing loans? Because loans is by far where we, my business makes the majority of their money. Okay. So it's easy to look at where we're going to get the most bang for our buck. And as I was looking at those processes and, and people, uh, I'm a big fan of Marcus Lamonia and that line comes from him, the people product processes. Um, yeah. But, but it works. I mean, that, whenever you're talking about a, the revenue maze, there's only a few blocking, few normal things that everybody has to do. There's business basics or business basics. Uh, and that's that being one of them. But for us, well, like I said, we were looking at it. I knew my staff couldn't do more. I looked at our wait times. And even after we've added two new staff members to it, our wait times are still about the same. We haven't even gotten we haven't even picked up enough steam yet to meet our current demand. I know there's more demand out there than what we're servicing just because our, even though we're doing an extra $2 million in loans every month over what we were two months ago, we're still, our wait times are still the same. So we still have more elasticity that we need to pick up, which is revenue left on the table. And for, if you're looking at those type of things, why you need to feed, feed your cash cow, an example for us, that, that million dollars at a 4.25 inch spread um, is about $250,000 a year, every year, just on those extra $2 million. I, I can afford to pay a lot of people whenever we're generating $250,000 more top line income. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's why I say you've got to feed your cash cow at some point in time, figure out where you're making money and maximize those opportunities because you got to grow your top line income all the time so that you can grow your bottom line. I mean, that's just the basics of business. Just the basics of business. Well, and so it's funny because there's, there's gray areas within that to say, like you said, you, you just noticed, well, I tried to go and pay and said, I'll pay you more if you can close more. And they said, no, we're at a max, which is amazing because most people, you know, so that was probably your first indicator yeah, that, that there's the too much indicator. business, you know, and then. But what I love about what you're talking about too, is that you actually communicated with the people who are touching those products, right? So um, you kind of, you must have noticed, hey, what's happening here? And then spoke with them because when I introduced you, you talked about being passionate about growing leaders and then understanding how to cultivate an award-winning corporate culture, which to me, kind of goes hands in hand with what you were just saying, feed your cash cow, but how do you feed your cash cow? You talk to your people to make sure, <laughs> you know, and then you did, you did the great thing, you know, people process all and performance. I, I think I got that mixed up because there's another person that does people process and performance anyways, but you started with your people and you started talking with your people and found where the cash cow was kind of, kind of hitting hard. And then you were willing to throw some money at it, um, which sometimes is hard for small businesses. They get really nervous. You know, it's kind of, oh gosh, what if we don't ride this? If we, if we spend the money and then we've got to let somebody go later when the wave is over. So how have you, how, how do you kind of work those dynamics? Cause you've got culture and you've got people and we're on a really hot market right now. And then what do you, what do you foresee do you foresee that changing? Do you foresee um, like the human capital count 
staying right where it is and then, or just moving people around a little, or how do you deal with that after riding a wave like that? Cause some people are reluctant to hire just because they don't want to, they don't want to contract either. They just want to have that growth mindset. No, I mean, nobody wants to lay somebody off. That's the, as, as an employer, the boss, so be it. I mean, that's the hardest part and worst part of anybody's job is to tell them they don't have one anymore. Yeah. Uh, right now, I mean, uh, the way the labor, labor market is, you're, that's not going to be a case. There's enough turnover that even if I, we overhired in that particular department, I could shift somebody to someplace else in our organization. And that's the great part of growth is you have more opportunities to do it. As where I, I don't necessarily think our market is going to get any easier in hiring talent. I don't know that in my 25 years of career that there's ever been a time that people weren't always in demand and the best people always paying for themselves. And because I, I think most people will rise to any expectations. I mean, I, technically, I'm in a nonprofit business, but we talk about profit all the time because it because it is a business. The more that we can generate, the more we can do this and the more thing, more opportunities that we can do for our community and do for our staff. I mean, that, that to me, that's the whole driving. That's the only reason that I feel like I'm a CEO is because it allows me to make an impact in my community and to affect more people than what I was doing when I was not a leader. When I was in production, I did a certain number and I took care of my customers and they were very, that was great. I love that relationship side of it but I was, wasn't affecting nearly as many people in the community as I get to as a leader. So that, and that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons I, I'm passionate about developing other leaders is because there's just so much opportunity there that that's how you can make a mark. To me, it's not about the money you make. It's about the mark that you leave in society. And that's to me, this is how I'm going to make the biggest impact on society is by the people that I affect on a daily basis, the 75 families that I'm responsible for and the decisions that I make that are responsible for they go out and affect our communities. The people side of it is really what matters, especially yeah. to me. Yeah, no, you and I, we align my, my, for my company, my, I had three key things and I learned it, you know, took me a while to kind of come to it, but um, I was in a Vistage meeting and one of the Vistage uh, chairs was talking about her, her kind of vision and different methodologies call it a vision or a mission. So you have a vision statement, a mission statement, and some of them flip flop it. If you're a Jim Collins fan, it might be one direction if you're, you know, anyways, but basically I feel like, I feel like business can change lives faster than any government can. Oh, and yes. so it's like, for me, it's God, family and, and business. And when I was talking to somebody, they're like, you put God before family. And I'm like, that's a whole nother dialogue. Let's get down to the business part of this. Right. And the business part is you want to help people elevate, lift and elevate. And that's one of the easiest ways to help lift them up out of poverty, you know, and help them, help them grow. So I love that you're cultivating leaders because that's so, that's so cool. So how did you kind of get that? How did you come to that? How did you want to um, help cultivate leaders? And what, what started that? Don't go back like a hundred years. Um, 
for sure. But, um, you know, like, how'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why are you? It was one of those aha moments in my life. (laughs) I was talking to a friend and, uh, and he, he brought up being a leader and being a manager. And he said, he said, the reason I'm a mechanic is because I know if I turn this particular nut or bolt that I'm going to get this particular result. And he said, I don't know how to do that with people. Uh, he said, so that's why, but I can with on, on mechanics. And I realized, and he, and he said, and I, I don't know what bu- buttons to push. And I had always at that point in my time in my life been accused of pushing people's buttons. And I realized mostly for doing, obviously for the wrong, pushing them for the wrong reasons. But, it, but if you think about it as a leader, if you can push somebody's button for the wrong reason, you can also push somebody's button for the right reason. And I knew that if I had that ability to set people off one way or the other, that that was my gift and that was my skill. So I realized that I could be a leader and I could push the right buttons in people, get the right responses and, and make a difference. And like I said, to, to me, it won't matter how much money my company makes, uh, but it'll make a difference on how the, the families are treated, how they're to, able to take care of it. Because if I can take care of my people, they're going to make a difference in the community. If you can change a community, you can change the world. That's my personal philosophy. So that's how I got to, to, to want to be a leader and help develop other leaders is because I knew I could push the right buttons more times than not. More times than not. Yeah, that's great. That's really a, kind of a fun story, actually. So thanks for sharing that. So you learned that that's what you wanted to do, but you had to start somewhere, right? So where did you, you know, where did you kind of, it's not like you learned to be a leader overnight, you know, maybe you have a a sense to be a leader, but you've got to, there's skill sets, you know, especially nowadays with sort of the, the ideology out there that if you find your right job, your right passion, then you never work a day in your life. Right. And we are, um, that generation is moving up through those rings, you know, their why the Simon Sonic, why, right. And all of that kind of stuff. And so it's not easy to be a leader because of that balance, but you had to learn it somewhere. So what kind of what did you do? What did you do to get there? I, I was very lucky. My father was uh, a serial entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. I grew up around him. I mean, he would take me to work with him at a very, very young age. So I got to see what, and he, he and he was very, very specific about why he was doing business is because it was a family atmosphere for him. And I will give you a story. And the, one of the things that I do still to this day is he bought a plane and got his pilot's license because he had uh, nursing homes in multiple, multiple states. And it was a big deal to him to make sure that everybody got paid on their payday. And he would fly those, fly to there and hand out the pay checks and let people, let his staff know that he cared about them and how much they were affecting the residents of, of the nursing homes and our family as well. And he showed me that from a young age. And I still hand deliver a couple checks every year so I can tell my staff how much I appreciate what they're doing for our organization. Uh, So I I saw that growing up and he turned over the family farm to me when I was 16 and let me make all the mistakes that I would have got fired from, from anybody, any other organization. (laughs) He would tell me why I made the mistakes and why they mattered and why I had to take care of 
the small things. He, he always told me, if you take care of your pennies, the dollars take care of themselves. And that's true, whether it's in money or whether it's just in business. If you're taking care of the details, the big thing, the small things, the big things typically take care of themselves. So I, I just was raised that way. I always knew I wanted to be a leader and be self, basically self-employed uh, because I just, that was the model that I had growing up and I saw what it was able to do for my, for my family. Um, and it was just kind of ingrained in me. That's where I was always going to be. I, and I've been doing it, say, since I was basically 16 years old and did it really, really poorly to begin with, but it made me at a young age, be able to be successful at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that certainly is, you know, it sounds like a great upbringing, you know, some of some in society are not blessed with as, as much. So that's, that's really cool story. No, I I, was blessed. I have great parents. (laughs) Me too. I was, I was actually, I, I was laughing because I, uh, Richard Branson posted on dyslexia. And I thought, you know, this is a great story to share on LinkedIn um, because it kind of goes along with what you're saying and working around, you know, as a leader, you have to be able to work around other people's strengths. It's not about you. It's about them. Right. So, um, and really that article was you know, what he had been taught by his parents, you know, and it was that you can do anything, you know, and I, a lot of engineers and, and such are, I, I guess, dyslexic. I had worked for some and they said there's a, a, a statistic on dyslexia, but um, it was just interesting what he said. And it, and it was just basically kind of what you were taught. Your best leadership coach was your dad. You know, I mean, that's, and he told you kind of what you did well, what you didn't do well in a very safe and warm environment, I'm sure. And then at that point, um, you could sometimes translate Sometimes not that. so safe and sometimes not so warm. But. <laughs> well, I, I, I used to, I, I, I coached singers for about 10 years and I used to tell them, go down to your church and, and go ahead and, um, volunteer your services so you can get used to being in front of a friendlier audience than the ones that are paying you, right? (laughs) Doesn't mean that you didn't learn a lesson in there, but it is friendlier. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a cool story. Well, good. I'm so excited about that. So do you have some kind of program that you've set up for growth in um, the credit union that you're working at right now? The um, what American, sorry, my brain just went blank. American, American Southwest. Southwest yeah, I was like Southwest. I know, I know. <laughs> American Southwest. Yes, I'm actually excited to say I was working on it this, this morning. One of our strategic plan uh, that we did last year was this year to launch what we're calling ASCU University so that people in our organization can see, go to each and spend some time in each department so oh, they nice. understand wh- how the small parts work together and they can also be exposed to see if there's something in- else in the organization that they would rather do so they can find their strengths and really be work at their best capacity because like like you said it's the fun part about being a leader is finding somebody's strength and allowing them to, to work in their strength and be successful. 
Because I, if you have 75 people being successful, being their best self, they're going to be, if they're successful at work, they'll probably be successful at home. If they're successful at home, they'll be successful at work. And, and they allow, allows them to live their best life uh, and to impact their family. So that's one of the things that we're doing here is trying to set up in a, the, this ASC university so that people can see the whole and get a big picture of it and also hopefully find their next position where they can really maximize and do what they do best so that they'll be successful and, and allow them to earn their best earning potentials. I just really want to set people up to be successful. So that, that's how we're doing it. And hopefully we'll launch our first class in July of this year. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Uh, I'd love to hear how it turns out for you on that. It's, it sounds like a good program. And I, the, the interesting thing is uh, some of the people listening might not even realize, but in their small organizations, they, they actually typically have state funding to help train for that. Um, there's a lot of programs out there, grants out there for, for doing that kind of, to help pay for the power, the programs to do it, you know? So that's really cool, um, that you're doing that. So are you a, a Gallup strength? We hired a whole oh, new go ahead. position as a trainer, just to have, don't do the onboarding, but to help run this school. So we've really tried to grow our base and yes, you have to be committed to it. And it's scary for a small business to hire new people in new positions, but it's what it takes. If you want to, if you want to scale and if you're going to be self-employed or have a business, you've got to scale at some point. And that, yeah. that's the whole org, whole thing behind this and how you really maximize your opportunities and the revenue maze. It's just part of it. You, you have to bite that bullet and say, I'm going to do these things because it's in the best interest of our future. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So are you a, uh, a strength finder assessment, you know, the Gallup strength finder, Clifton strength finder, you know, achiever, all of that, when you were talking about laying into their strengths or do you use like culture index or any of those to help you disc, to help you kind of play to their strengths or how do you, you know, do I've, that? I've done all of those mm-hmm. and to some extent they help, but I really think it comes down to finding out what people are passionate about. Okay. Because that's whenever they are doing their, if they're passionate about, that's really when they're going to succeed. It doesn't matter what, what it is that you can be passionate about, that you're still going to be in your best frame whenever it's something you're excited and, and really care about. Uh, like I say, I, I was a very good producer when I was doing production, um, but whenever I found my niche in, in this side of it, it's even gone even more exponentially because I, I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. It even allowed me to excel beyond what I would have just in production side of it. So getting to know the people and finding out really where they, most of the time, especially in business, people don't take the time to find out what people are passionate about. They just put them in a role and if they're successful, they'll leave them there, or promote them on. But to me, it has been one of the things and the fun things is to getting to know my people and find out where they are. And sometimes they don't even know. And that's one of the reasons we're doing the ASC University so they can hopefully find if they're not in their best spot, even though they thought they were, let's put you in your best area and give you a chance to do something because that's when we're all going to succeed together. Everybody thinks being the CEO is great and I'm the, it's, uh, 
that I'm the important one. I'm the least important person in my organization. <laughs> I touch the least amount of people. I do the least amount of work on a daily basis. It's all the other people that are getting everything done. It's not me. So yeah. I'm trying to find them and make sure they're doing great. Yeah. It, part of the reason I brought up uh, some, some of the assessments is a, a subject that you just said. Sometimes they don't even know what they're passionate about. Yeah. And at least it gives me a little bit of a, a starting point. It's kind of like, uh, do you have teens? I can't remember if you have teens. I have a teen right now. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, it's the whole, uh, how'd you do today? Great. Walk <laughs> off, you know, yep. <laughs> <That> whole. <laughs> okay. Let's have open-ended questions. <laughs> and, and sometimes people do clam up when you're trying to help them discover what they're, what they're doing. And some get very guarded because they're not, they, it's funny, they come from different, obviously we all come from different backgrounds, but sometimes they, you know, it's like, well, why are you asking me these questions? You know, <laughs> and I, uh, especially um, with some of the people I've worked with. So it takes a little bit to tear down those, those walls and to get them to open up on it or just being observant, shutting up and listening and being observant, hearing them say something, you know? And um, so that's why I asked you a little bit about that, but it sounds like you've got, you've got it dialed in and you don't get the yup answer. <laughs> I mean, we do, but uh, I, I try to every Friday go around and see all my employees and talk to them. And it, oh, it does cool. take a long time to break down some of those walls. So people do trust and, and realize that, you know, I, it's, I'm not walking around here every Friday just because it's because I really do care. I want to hear what's going on in your life. And so, so that we can put two and three pieces together, because if I can, if I don't get to know you and you don't get to know me, we don't work our best self in it. Uh, I think that's another thing that whenever you, the farther you get up the, the ladder is it can, it's, you get so invested in what you're doing every day. You stop to take time to get to know your people and to really invest in them as well. So I, I just make it a habit of try to every Friday, go around and see everybody so that we're always having those conversations, those dialogues, because I won't learn the first three or four months. It'll be the sixth or seventh month. Something will pop up and that passion will come out. Okay. The, the, and it just comes out in normal conversation. But if you're not having those on a regular basis, it never happens. Yeah. So that, and that's why the, the, the test, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It's the conversations yeah. that when you really find it. So that's where I spend more of my time is talking to people than trying to, to do the test and let them see their because, I mean, I've taken those tests and they'll come out different every time I take them. Depending yes, on what they do. It's, but, it's funny how sometimes how spooky accurate they are, but you're right. Yes. They do change different moods. And then on top of it, you know, typically sometimes somebody will come to me and say, well, I want to grow in the company. And that's when I will do a test just to say, okay, well, where do you want to be if they don't know where they want to be? Um, in coaching people, a lot of times I will have them do discs simply because it's a communication preference, right? Sometimes right. you can break down barriers if you know how they like to, how they're, how they have a tendency to communicate or like communications. You know, I, I was laughing because I, I worked for some engineers and at some point and well, 
they don't like the executive summary. They want every single detail, right? And then there's the, then there's the uh, uh, executive summary. Just give it to me in five seconds, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so it it's just kind of funny when you're when you're working with people like that. So so the group really part of getting to know you is getting to know some of the things that you really like. So as we talk about some of this stuff, I, other than your father, you know, who would be your role model out there? Like somebody that somebody would know that you really are excited about, or they may not know them, but just describe them, you know, Um, the lead pastor or the CEO for life church. And, okay. my, and I listen to his podcast all the time and I'm drawing an absolute blank on his name right now. <laughs> Should I Google search it really quick? <laughs> Absolutely drawn. I, I can look on my phone because I have his podcast, but he, he does a great job and he has a, a podcast every week. And, and he always says, when the leader grow, everybody grows. And uh-huh. that, to me, that really is the truth. What, one of the things we instituted here is all my senior leadership has to go through some type of leadership training every year because you can't you can't put into people if you're not putting back into yourself. Uh, you can, that, once you pour out the cup and it's empty, it's empty. You've got to fill your own cup up sometimes. So that, that leadership development skill has always got to be growing. So I try to listen to multiple podcasts all the time so that my leadership skills are growing and that I can pour more pe- more out into other people. Well, good. We'll have to call him out and thank him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I always laugh. I It's like, if I call somebody out like Richard Branson, it's like, he doesn't know who I am, but I'm going to call him out anyway. He did a great job <laughs> or whatever. Craig so, Rochelle. Uh, I had to look on my phone. Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle. Thank you, Craig Rochelle. That's awesome. So what are some fun, you, you talked about filling your cup and that's from a business standpoint. You personally, Jay, what do you do for fun just to fill your cup? You know, I mean, I, I get it. Leadership is a blast, but that's not what you do all the time. I hear you're into sports. <laughs> I, I, I love OU football. Okay. Um, one of the things that I'm bad, uh, that I'm honestly, one of my weaknesses lately has been that I haven't filled my own cup. Um, I used to always go hunting and fishing and take that time to recharge. And it would, it does wonders for me. I always come back better, a better person when I've done those, but I, I, I Last year, I looked back and I hadn't been done hunting and fishing in a, in a year and a half. And my wife was like, yeah, it's about time for you to leave. So she knows you. Yeah. You, yeah. Need, you need some space right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> here's a plane ticket. Go fishing. See you later. <laughs> Get the heck out of the house. But, and I, I think as leaders, that's the, the easy thing, especially leading out of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it took all, all of our hearts and souls and we were changing so much so fast and and to me I take the responsibility so personal I mean I feel like I've got 75 lives that depend on every decision I make those families depend on me to make the right decision so I the last two years I poured everything I had into to trying to lead and make the organizations safe so that we didn't have to lay off anybody I mean I, I remember in 2020 the March of 2020 going to everybody and saying I don't know what's going to happen here any more than you do, but my commitment is that we won't lay off if we don't have to, and and we're going to take this month by month. And that was, I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to be a leader during a pandemic, but man, I hope I never have to do it again. That was just (laughs) brutally hard. 
Yeah. You know, most, most said be very transparent with your, you know, with your, your organization. You're in, you, we learned firsthand what it is for what we would call those clauses act of God, (laughs) barring any kind of act of God, we will deliver at this date. But COVID was that, you know, it was one of those things that went, oh, that's why that clause is there, (laughs) you know, not just weather. (laughs) Just, I obviously am, am somewhat joking with it, but it's true, right? It was something that everybody kind of went, we don't know what we don't know. So we're going to do our best with every day, you know, (laughs) and we'll see what happens. You know. And you hit the key. It's transparency. I mean, that, that's I tell my organization all the time. We're going to be the most transparent organization out there that, because it's the right thing to do. If you tell people, hey, we're making all these things so that we don't have to lay you off and we need to make income so that we don't have to lay you off, they get it. I mean, they'll do the right things. They'll make the right decisions. They'll they'll produce because it's in their best interest to produce more times than not. I mean, you have the I think the the bad employee, the bad apple is the rarity. It's most of the time people aren't being, the organization was not transparent enough. So they, they don't see the reason or know the why behind it and how it affects them and what they're, why what they're doing is important. So we, I try to be as transparent as we possibly can. And that's not easy. It's sometimes you just lose, forget the details. I forget to share all the time. I, it's not that I won't share the details. Sometimes I think I've shared them when I didn't. That's easy to <laughs> yeah. do. Is Oh, I forget who I told what to, yeah. you know, cause I'm a fractional CRO, CSO, and I'll be working with one company and think that I've mentioned something and, oh wait, no, this is a different, <laughs> this is a different moment. You know, uh, it's easy to do. Communication is a difficult, you know, difficult thing. And, you know, I felt transparency is one of the reasons that people, they don't get buy-in by their employees because they're not transparent. Right. And that does, that doesn't help feed the cash cow either because they're not, they're not going to talk to you either if you're not transparent. So, you know, you can't, uh, you can't communicate enough in my opinion, they're just, and everybody gets so secretive about what their business is and what makes them why. I mean, and, if somebody can do what I'm doing better, more power to them. I mean, that that's capitalism. If they can do what I, I'll, I'm happy to share anybody what we're doing and why we're doing. And if you can do it better, more power to you. You know, it'll make it, us better in the long run. So, and so I, all my staff, I hope they know exactly what we're doing all the time. I try to communicate <laughs> it every month. Hey, lift and elevate, right? That means yeah. that if, if everything starts to work better, things work better for you, works better for everybody. So it's not, I've had people that are like, why are you training me? And I'm like, well, maybe you want to take my job someday. You know, maybe I won't be here someday. Maybe it will elevate me to a different position too. I don't know. You never know what that's going to do. So you've got to be able to basically trust that you're just doing the right thing to help them along the way. And it's like your dad said, and I can't remember the whole saying because I've never used it before, but it was a pennies and dollars <laughs> saying. <laughs> take care of your pennies and the dollars take care of themselves. That's right. Take care of the pennies. So anyways, it's, 
the details, you know, and making sure that they're aware of those details. So what's your favorite sport? Cause you talked about oh. Oklahoma and oh, yeah. you- OU center football, no question about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then hunting and fishing because yes. it's out in nature, I'm sure. And, uh, gets you to a little bit, a sort of debrief. So do you have a trip plan soon to be able to do that? <laughs> No, I, in February, I just came back from a trap line trip in Canada and oh, hundred miles out in the bush. I mean, we were as remote as you could possibly be. It was so great to be able to walk outside and you could hear the snow falling. It was so quiet. It was just wonderful. Oh, well that that's wonderful. Yes. A leader definitely needs to recharge. So Jay, I know that some of the listeners would love to hear a little bit about where they can reach you, um, maybe collaborate, maybe get the services of American Southwest Credit Union. What, what, where can they get a hold of you? I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, and you're welcome to leak out. I say that I, I'm not on there very often. So if <laughs> I don't reply immediately, please don't take offense to it. Because, um, But you can also, my, my email is ceoserventleader at gmail.com. You're welcome, Rick. We reach out there. Hopefully that's an easy one to, to remember. And I'm happy to help anybody and everybody. I got to the position that I'm in because a lot of people are willing to invest in me and spend a lot of time. So if I can give that back, I'm happy to help. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm sure the company, I'm sure that um, American Southwest is really happy to have you, you know, because it's, it sounds like it's flourishing under your leadership. So fantastic. Well, that's pretty much it today, everyone who are listening. I am so grateful that you listened to this podcast. If you liked it, like it, share it, love it, whatever you want to do with it. And um, yeah, thanks for being a part of it. And thank you again, Jay, for being a part of the show today. Oh, my pleasure. And I love this podcast. I, the, the people that you've had on have given great ideas. I, I'm a big fan. So it's an <laughs> well, honor good. to be here. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you all for joining another great episode. For show notes, links, and resources, visit revenuemaze.com. And never forget, you are why. 